0: Hey I'm Nick And I'm Greg And he's old And I'm young But we're both cute You're listening to a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues fly,
1: fly, oh. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged This is the Mangina Dialogues We at it again With your host Nick Scopes And the Gregolicious You know how we do Cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly Unplug like a full swung titty, i get kitty cause oh, you know we down to the nitty and the gritty, and we make shit sound so damn pretty. Jim yeah. cause this sunny ain't comedy, and right now you're in the mix, so get ready, cause we about to get it poppin', and we ain't stoppin'.
0: Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues, I am your host, Nick Scopes.
1: And I'm Greg
0: <laughs> that was so boring what you just said. <laughs> and I'm Greg. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was debating if I was going to commit or not commit and I sort of like
0: Well, at least our, our guest today away. has a really cool name.
2: Kevin Goti. <laughs> yeah you can't half-ass the name like that you can either slow roll it out or you can just come out bang but man that was that was one foot in one foot out i don't respect that intro you may want to do that again <laughs> i don't respect either, bro. I, don't res- I don't respect the slow roll like, the, the <laughs> half half out approach fucking all Greg. in or not that's what it's,
1: well yeah i could have just been like hey it's Alicious again and we can have gone there with some insults but it's all fine they're all good you're nuts, They bro. work for me.
2: Gregalicious, just, is that your grinder uh, on screen <laughs> or no?
1: Well, it's so much more than just grinder.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, really, what I ha- well, my claim name?
2: I have to ask the mangina name. Did you? How did you come up with that? Was that was that be, uh, inspired by Step Brothers or not?
1: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent.
2: Yeah. Okay. Funny you right. mention that. We're doing and I, I don't, again I, I hate to jump the gun. We're doing that on our podcast. In fact, we're taping it. Shit. Tomorrow as well as you, uh, is this live or when, when is this recording or when it's played?
1: Uh, no, it, it'll come out in a couple of weeks.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're doing Step Brothers on our podcast tomorrow night and I just rewatched that two nights ago. So as soon as you said, man giant, I thought the theme of, uh, of, um, from Step Brothers. Yeah.
1: It's a hundred percent Step Brothers. And truthfully, the only, <laughs> the reason this podcast exists is because that name came to me in the shower. Like it, not even no bullshit, not not a story. We were me and Nick we were starting to talk about doing a podcast together, and I'm like, well, we have to come up with a name. And my my main business is in intellectual property, so I know how hard it is to come up with something that doesn't exist, um, you know, that's ownable. And I just was throwing a ton of names against the wall, and nothing was sticking between me and him. And then finally, I had just I work with Sony on a bunch of their properties, and Step Brothers is one of them, and I had just watched it again, and it just hit me in the shower. I'm like, Mangina, and then immediately went to the, the book and the play, Vagina Mono- Dialogues, and I'm like, there it is. That's the name, and there was nothing existed anywhere with, with that, those two words together, and I'm like, Nick, that's the name of the podcast.
2: Yeah, so, what do, you, so uh, what do you do for Sony? You're just curious. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my main business that I, that I actually get He's into. He's an intern. Yeah, I'm an intern.
2: Yeah. <laughs> This sounds uh, like you don't want to say it on the podcast here.
1: Oh no, I talk about it all the time. I'm in consumer products like licensed merchandise. Oh so, shit!
2: See, I was already to start pitching you my shows and say, "Hey, this guy can help me out," but apparently, yeah. probably not.
1: <laughs> well, I've actually done well. that. Too. I, I've pitched my own shows and produced them and developed them and signed town. I've, I've. Been in, in and around lots of different things in the entertainment
0: world. He pitched his own shows, but he opens up with "I'm great. <laughs> and, and no one wanted to fucking buy it. I,
2: I, I should have <laughs> clarified. Did you pitch your own shows to Sony? No, not to Sony. Although
1: I did sell the script to Sony, um, to to Sony. Yeah,
0: actually.
2: Woo! I Maybe mean, we can talk later on. <laughs> I was the EP of one of my shows then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of, you're talking about our podcast name. Now your podcast name is pretty interesting as well. Yeah, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. that.
2: Yeah, it's called Gutting the Sacred Cow. And I'll just give me two minutes for my elevator speech for all you folks who aren't familiar with the podcast. And why would you be? So I'm a movie snob. So is my co-host, Kevin Israel. We're both stand-up comedians. And we, we put it like this. There are eight fucking, we can curse on this, Right. No, Go for yeah. it. Okay. There are eight fucking million podcasts out there, four million of them, which are film podcasts. And I'll be damned if I was going to do a podcast where it's me and a few buddies just sitting around drinking, going, yeah, man, star Wars is better. No, fuck you. Empire is better. No, fuck you. Both Jedi is better. <laughs> like, it's the same boring shit with so many podcasts out there. So, when people are like, listen to my podcast, I go, no, I listen to four podcasts, listen to Howard Stern in the morning, listen to Russo in the afternoon. I do not have time to listen to your podcast unless it's a hell of a hook. And that's what I do with all my shows. So, with Gunning the Sacred Cow, again, we want to do a movie podcast, but we had it with a hook. So, here's the hook we have our guests come on and they pick a film that they absolutely positively hate or find overrated. But here's the twist the film just can't be anything, it has to meet one of these criteria. It has to be A financial success or critically acclaimed or widely beloved. So you can't come on and go Friday the 13th part seven sucks. No fucking shit. It sucks. It's awful. We know that. (laughs) So you got to come on and pick something that's going to, our goal is to make you look at your phone or your tablet or your computer and go, what these motherfuckers are going to bash blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's the goal. So we have people on who've done Goonies, Pulp Fiction, Star Wars, uh, Batman, Superman. We have Uncut Gems. I just mentioned Step Brothers. We're taping tomorrow night uh, as you hear this. We're doing uh, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. I just had to rewatch last night. We have gone with the wind. So we're getting classics. We're getting the widely beloved ones in there. And the person's job is to convince us to see their argument. Sometimes we agree with them and say, yeah, this is a piece of shit. And it's widely overrated. Sometimes it's a split decision. Sometimes like, no, fuck you. This film is fantastic an asshole and you're wrong we also do different segments throughout you know we do five fun facts we read amazon uh, user five star reviews amazon one star reviews and critics five and one star reviews too so we have segments in there again it's just not a 45 minute sit around with four dudes with beards and craft beers and shooting the shit no this is a script <laughs> this is a regimented segmented show and it's I, I i think it's one of the best things i've ever done it really okay. is gutting the your cow on every platform you can imagine itunes spotify google play IR radio i think i said youtube already but yeah everywhere you can get a a podcast or if you want to watch our smiling faces youtube
1: what so what are there any particular titles that you went in with like there's no way these guys are going to convince me that goonies sucks and you came away with like you know what you're right goonies sucks
2: oh no uh we so have any has anyone completely convinced us to switch it never no we have conceded they've made some great points. Like one of my favorite guests, and we're actually – so it's a couple weeks. Yeah, so as you hear this, we're going to have one of my favorite people in the world on, Bill Schultz, yet again. He came on episode three and did Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He made a lot of good points. He said it doesn't suck. He said it's overrated, and he gave a lot of good points. How? So we're going to have Bill back on, and then we're going to – and my co-host, Kevin Israel, is going to pick a film. Actually, he picked a film, The Shining, that he thinks sucks and is going to try and convince bill and i so we're going to flip the roles instead of the guest uh trying to persuade us we're going to ha- we're going to role play some time or sorry switch roles right. up and then have uh the guest sit in as host once in a while so but yeah so bill made us think about it and say that's he made a few good points i'm looking at the list right now peter garaci did godfather part 2 made a lot of good points about godfather 2 being overrated um sometimes the film itself will make you go I don't really need someone to help me think that this film stinks. Like you watch it again. Perfect case is Jim Dreno said Inception. At first I thought Inception was great. Rewatch it. You're like, Oh, ooh-ee. it's just real, real quick. Fun fact. Do you remember the point what, for, for Inception? What the main idea behind Inception was? No. Yeah. It was a bank robbery. It was a robbery to right. get the, the guy safe. How the, and that goes completely disregarded for after the first five minutes and barely touched upon the end. And it's just, you can't explain Inception, at least the Matrix, we can all explain the Matrix and how it works. We can also explain how you can go back in the DeLorean back to 1985 or 55 or 1885. With, the, with Inception, there is no explanation. There is no nothing. It's a bunch of nonsense. So to answer your question, we've never had anyone go with, the, with their argument, you know, sway us. We have changed our scores based on arguments, but never fully said completely, oh, that's your, you're 100% right. Like Goonies. Right. It is a piece of shit. By the way, it is a piece of shit. It does not hold up at all. It is, rewatch you know, it I, I'm
0: sure it's not like I probably would have to rewatch it. But that was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. But like you rewatch it, probably now you know I'm 32 now, and I'd be like, eh, you know, a little ridiculous. But yeah. it could. I, I don't know. I think some people get caught in like uh, these nostalgia. Just, yeah, nostalgia. It's an emotional connection, or like I heard actually someone talking about you know Martin Scorsese, right? Obviously, great filmmaker. But, you know, they were like, yeah, Casino sucked. They're like, it's just West Coast what? Goodfellas. Casino's a gym. I, well, I, they're all good movies, but, like, people get caught up and, like, it's Scorsese. You have to like it. But I remember, I think it was actually a stand-up on a podcast. He was like, isn't Casino just West Coast Goodfellas?
2: <laughs> and I was like, eh. I mean, yeah. And also, it's a true story, it's so you can't same. make that comparison. It's yeah, not yeah, it's a fictional I story know. derived from Goodfellas, which was a true story. They're both true stories. There is an H. Yeah. Rothstein character. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. forgot his name. And by the way, good casino on cable nonstop now. And that fully passes my remote test. And I've, I'm going to patent this fucking saying. The remote test is this. Whenever you're flipping around and you catch something like casino, you drop your remote and go, yep, I'm done for the next hour or whatever. Or less, yeah, less yeah, the yeah. film. Pulp Fiction, another perfect example of remote test. Star Wars, Matrix, Clerks, Ferris Bueller, like all those are prime remote uh, passes. Shawshank remote tests. Tests. Shawshank, absolutely, 100%. Yeah.
1: I went to high school with one of the girls from Goonies.
2: Which one? Don't tell me Carrie. Martha Plimpton. No,
1: no, no. Carrie Green, the curly redhead.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's from Jersey. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the same town. Um, she was in Lucas and some. Summer, yeah, yeah. Summer rental.
2: summer rental, I think, was it?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. she, was, she was, And then she disappeared. <laughs> I think yeah. she lived in Utah. Um, yeah, no, it's honestly, it's a it's a killer concept. And Thank you. I, you know, I love, I love, Watching people debate things that people, you know, other people are so incredibly passionate about one way, right? Like, I I don't know if there's any film that I feel that strongly about. Sitting down and trying to convince someone I think is great when they think it's otherwise, or or vice versa, right? Yeah, I think it's, the-
2: it's, you got to convince us why you hate it. Like, I think whenever right. I'm gonna be, whenever I'm gonna try and gut a sacred cow on my own show, I'm gonna pull up something I think like Christmas Story. I think is an egregious piece of shit i fucking hate that movie i never got as a kid never ending story same story never got as a kid was and you you watch it as an adult you're like how in the living shit do people like it again as a kid i understand but even as a kid it didn't hit me so a couple of those those, those, those those are the ones i could definitely be passionate about and go no this is a piece of shit
1: off air at, off at another time because some of these are like the biggest things in my like real business and it, it does. It drives me fucking crazy and I don't understand that Christmas story is one of those. Um, I should send you a ton of product that you, <laughs> you guys can have for your <laughs> props on your shows. Send
2: uh, it over. Buddy, please. Fire away. Off the air, You can send all that shit and we'll, we'll
0: feature it. Just smashing mugs of movies they don't like. <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I would. low
0: camera. Just... <laughs>
1: I was in, for a long time, I made a ton of rock and roll merchandise for, you name the band, we did stuff for them. And one of the most notorious stories that was ever told to me from one of their managers was that, you know who uh, Zach Wilde is? Of course. He was, uh, Ozzy, Black Level Society. Yep. He, I did a ton of stuff for BLS and I sent him it to his house, you know, to, hey, here's a bunch of shit for you. They used some of the product we made on one of their album covers and then took the rest out to his backyard and shot it with
2: shotguns.
1: (laughs) They call me up. They're like, yeah, Zach loved it. He took it all out back and destroyed all of it with his guns. (laughs) I'm like, that's amazing.
2: Oh, that's funny. Stern used to do a bit like that where his staff would give Christmas presents and he hated him. He had a big wood chipper in there and shredded the shit out of like 98% of the gifts that were given to him. So. Kind of sort of the same thing. That's funny. They're both hilarious.
1: You're you're a big Howard Stern fan, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Big fan. Since 1990.
1: 1990. So you grew up in Jersey? Yeah. All right. So you you listen like the real shows. Um, Yeah. I I did too, obviously. I'm obviously a huge Howard Stern fan. We've got a bunch of guys from the show on our show. And it really, to this day, amazes me the sheer size of his fan base and how it exploded, obviously, when he went on Sirius. But... Even at that, you know, he's he's talking to more people in a given morning than anybody else that's on television
2: these days. It's not even close. In fact, I think his contract, I know his contract's up now and he's talking to, to Spotify about maybe going over there. And Sirius would damn near fold, I think. If they didn't have the NFL, they'd be in deep shit um, right. to try and maintain that listenership base yeah and i actually do stuff it's serious and yeah it's funny I, I go there for other shows and i see sal and richard i've had shui was on comics watching comics season eight so and sal it's funny i'm on you know on facebook when you get those facebook memories a year ago today i did the john buglesang show and outside i saw richard sal and benji and i ran into the halls before go hey guys what's up and they're hey what's going on bud? you know richard doing his thing super <laughs> it, nice guys but yeah it's, totally.
1: it's, i i actually pitched um developed a show with Benji and Elisa years ago.
2: Oh, wow. She's a smoke show, too.
1: Oh, my God. Insane. Like, yeah, crazy. They're very nice people. Like, he was he was an awesome dude. It's a shame that show, we couldn't get the show going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's wild to think that, you know, Sirius, when, they, when Howard went over there, had... Like... It just, right, just, you know, obviously they did a lot of work with the car companies to to really blow that thing up. But I mean, now it's almost 20 million or something.
2: I remember I got it. Cause he went on air one, one nine Oh six, January 9th, 2006. I think it was like over Christmas vacation. I went and bought a satellite radio in Best Buy. I go, well, here we go. And then I just got hooked in the world of, of music without commercials. I go, this is the greatest thing ever. And then not too long after that, Russo came aboard, Mad Dog Russo came aboard. I go, well, Another easy one. So I've had Sirius since day one to make that Jesus 14 plus years, 14 and a half years. I've had satellite now. So yeah, I've
1: had it. I had it. I had, I've had it longer. I've had like my first satellite radio was an XM boombox in like the nineties. Like, like, and I used to have it in my office and I would just listen to the hair metal (laughs) channel all day long. Air nation. (laughs) Yeah. For weeks. It it was like the greatest. And then I I bought a, a used car that didn't have satellite radio. And I, a year later I'm like, I have to give this car back. Like I have to get out of this
2: car. You got see, I why well, don't just buy the the plug and play thing where you just pop it in, you pop it out of your car, and you just run through the uh the cable. Laziness. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had a company car I was a drug rep back then. I just had to pop and play so I could pop out the radio, take it to the docking station, of my house, and fire up and listen to music there. It's funny. You mentioned about having the cars. My wife got it in her car, and nothing infuriates me more when she has on her music and she'll have on a terrestrial radio station while on satellite. Oh, th- you're missing the fucking point here. The point <laughs> is not listening to shit commercials yet you have it on the fucking station from LA. It's just, if you want to listen to She Likes First Wave, go put on the first wave station. If you like New Wave, put on the first wave station or lithium for grunge. Yeah. But don't put on a goddamn commercial station while we <laughs> have satellite in the one car.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> uh, is Howard Stern a big co- comedic influence to you?
2: huge oh god i mean huge i'll never forget it was, again it was 1990 i was all do my sour shoes or gary yeah, impression right. and i was in 7th 7th grade 7th grade and i had my walkman on listening to him on the bus every day and it's just it was a whole different world he was talking about things as a 13 year old kid 12 year old 13 was it 12 or 13, 12 or whatever both 12 13 talking about things that you never would hear anywhere else and i said this is amazing this is what it's like being an adult Cause you know when you're with adults they gotta change the conversation real fast they can't talk about anal and all that other fun stuff we all love as adults <laughs> but uh, you know and, and dildos and shit like that meow but it's just that whole world exposed me like holy shit this is what it's like being an adult and having the stars hit and talking about sex so just so matter of factly was like well, here's Steven Tyler from Aerosmith talking about, you know, having a five-way with groupies in between Sweet Emotion and Love in an Elevator all playing in a giant stadium, for Christ's sakes. So, yeah, yeah, and then everyone else. I mean, Artie was great. And funny, actually, one of my buddies, um, he actually is friends with Jackie now. So I've had lunch with Jackie pre-pandemic. We'd have lunch with Jackie like once every few months. And Jackie, he hasn't listened to the show in years, he said. But, you know, and you wait for a while, and then I can throw, like, a a story about the old show when he was on, and he'll just go into it and tell stories. Another story related to that, and just next thing you know, it's an hour later, and he's just ripping out stories from back in the day on the Stern show. You're like, Jesus Christ, man. This must have been, you know, Woodstock on steroids for 25 years straight, you know? When I first
1: got turned on to Stern, I was in high school earlier than both of you guys. And I used to take my Kai boombox out to my driveway, shoot hoops and listen to lesbian dial a date in the afternoon on K rock.
2: Oh my God.
1: And like it completely changed, you know, everything for me in regards to what I found funny. And, you know, it certainly helped grow up, you know, grow me up in a different way than if I listened to just straight WNEW FM.
2: Right. Right. And oh, didn't right.
1: have that in in my life and then when i went to college he came, i went to college in boston he came to boston so like i've had that lineage literally since i was you know 1985 right? right And you know he certainly is done i mean whatever whatever you're into whether it's music or comedy or talk radio i don't think groundbreaking or anything like that is big enough
2: word for what he's he's meant to it's it's like when Wayne Gretzky retired from hockey the NHL said nope you don't need a five-year waiting period you're going right in at a, the museum of broadcast he makes fun of all the time but it's like if there is something like that he's gonna have his own wing like Gretzky does in the NHL Hall of Fame
0: yeah for sure <laughs> um let's talk about I want to talk about comics watching comics and talk about sure. that a little bit you know I was looking at the Instagram earlier and like we like I said off air. Uh, a couple of headliners we've had at our club here in South Norwalk. You have on this uh, John Marco and Caitlin Reese and a lot of stuff. And so it's, is this takes place at Broadway comedy club? I would assume Yeah,
2: it did oh, recently. Marco. And before that we used to do it at New York comedy club, but yeah, we used to, we used to record the, uh, the comedians there. That's where we, we tape them. Gotcha. So how did
0: this show come to be? Kind of explain what it is, how it started.
2: Wow, this is a funny one. So one day at an open mic, it was myself and I forgot who I was was talking to. But it was just—it was a day where everyone who was just on who went went up was just fucking awful. And we're just (laughs) texting back and forth, just ripping them apart. Go blah blah blah. And then this is the funny shit. I said, "This is funny. This is good. This would be a good show." But you just couldn't have it ripping on people. That's douchey, you know. First and foremost. And, I, and at the time, Last Comic Standing was still on the air. I said, you know what? What if we did something that's, like, interme- for intermediate comics, but at the same point in time, we took the audience. Am I boring you, Nick? Is I a problem? keep yawning on my interview, you <laughs> son of a bitch?
0: No. Oh, no, dude. I'm just basically unemployed, and I sit yeah. at home,
2: so I get So I how eat. are you tired? You have all day to fucking sleep. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm tired from doing nothing. <laughs> <tough>. <laughs> so... We, I said, let's let's just do a show where we have intermediate comics, but again, we bring in the audience and show them what it's really like through the eyes of comedians. What you're seeing is from, so the comedians hang out in the back of the room most of the time. You're seeing what we watch and how we watch it, kind of just pulling the curtain back and, and seeing it. It's kind of like with Madden and, and Summerall would break down X's and O's with football plays, <laughs> and so on and so forth. You know, we'd say, like, oh, that's a great idea. That's a that's a hell of a fucking joke. That's hilarious. She's killing it. Or that dude had a great joke, but if he added this tagline, it would be five times funnier. God damn, that person fucking sucks, and they need to quit immediately. Just – it would vary like that. And, and the, there's nothing funnier than just sitting there with a bunch of comics and just ball busting. You guys have seen it. You're in the club. The ball busting that takes place is, is is second to none. And just to be a fly on that wall for a regular Joe schmo. It's just that that's got to be that I think it's got to be really cool to kind of get that second that, that that secret past, you know, the knock knock, slide the open, the eye hole open and, and get into that secret club. And most importantly, it just shows everybody how really hard it is. So, no f- guy who thinks he's funny in his office, this shit ain't that easy. And no, it's just, hey, you're funny. You should go get a Netflix special. No, it just doesn't fucking happen like that. And that's what this show is proving yeah. that there is such the journey is so undocumented. There is no syllabus, as I like to say, in comedy or in pitching shows or in anything in this, at least if you're in corporate America like I am, which, well, but at least there's a path. At least, you know, if I do X, Y, then I'll become Z promotion. There is nothing like that in comedy. It is all gut. It is all advice from people that you become friendly with or what have you. It is all gut. It is a lot of it. There's, there's skill. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of luck there. There are people who, who aren't where they should be. And there are people who are, uh, yeah, there are people who are, who are good enough, but they aren't where they should be. And the people where they are, where they, are they should not be. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. A lot of times it's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes it's just a luck. Sometimes yeah. it's what the networks are looking for or the clubs are looking for. It's, but it's not, it's not a meritocracy, which drives me nuts, which is why mm-hmm. sports will always be the ultimate equalizer. So, you know the best team wins right comedy not everyone wins who should be some do some don't but it's so hard trying to figure out what end is up and where to go when to zig and where to zag or whatever i'm just trying to get greg to be tiktok famous
0: that's all i'm trying to get him <laughs> all the oh name.
2: good another white guy in his 50s flossing to uh, baby got back that's what <laughs> <be mean. laughs>
0: i just want to see him <laughs> twerk to be honest <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, I, yeah so, I, I, so so yeah. Just to finish up, so then I had the idea, and I just what I did was I st- I asked people who I knew to be on the show. Hey, do you want to do time, and we'll do this. The first two seasons were pretty much a lot of my friends who were who were the the comedians, and then I got people, guys and girls on the panel who are way more established than I am, more successful, have more credits. And as the seasons progress, you'll see more successful names on the panel and. You know, and then it started getting momentum, some foothold in the communities. People were like, "Yeah, man." I mean, I had people fly out from LA to do the show. I had people fly from all over the- Atlanta. Fuck, I, I mean, Canada came down to be on your panel
1: or to be the- to
2: be on the show. No, to be a contestant. No, the, pan- I, hand-picked the panel. I handpicked the panel. I handpicked the panel. But to be in the show, people were flying in from Atlanta, Dallas. People were coming in from so a lot of places. And this is people on Amazon, from- correct? Yeah. So then, what happened was. Right when, in between season four and season five, the first four seasons were on YouTube. And then lo and behold, I got an in with Amazon and I got to put it all on Amazon from uh, from season five on out. So I seasons one through eight are now on Amazon. So what does is, what is someone gain by being on the show? First of all, it gives you a credit and an IMDB credit that you'll never have this early in the game. Again, we focus on intermediate comics. So you're not going to be getting those, you know, Colbert or you know Seth Meyer spots that's for damn sure at that early in the game and also it's like you're gonna get real feedback from the com- from panelists that are you know experienced people a lot of comics are gonna they're gonna fuck with you you're like that was a good set <laughs> after you ate a plate of shit you know you, I mean, you might have seen that yourself as well you're gonna get real feedback from people who are in the trenches not your friends or your family who don't know dick one about comedy it's just that's that and it's 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 a it's a it's a fun thing. It's really it's a, it's a blast, and it's it's hopefully it's it's a it's a different spin on Last Comic Standing because I thought La- the real reason again was Last Comic Standing. Last Comic Standing was so fucking boring. I really was just like, ugh, really? Again, I know you're censored for TV. You can't say fuck. You can't talk about abortion jokes. Whatever. Fine, I get all that, but it was just so boring and blase. I thought this has balls. At least the panel part when we interact with each other in the panel, the ball busting, the fucking around. You know, we interview each other on the panel. I I interview them. Excuse me. I interview the panel. But at least it gives more of a real look than what NBC was telling their panels to say, hey, we want you to vote this comment because they look like this. Or we need someone of this person who looks like that. Or that person, hey, you know what? Let's give that person a shot because they really killed it. Or whatever recipe of the day that they had. This is all just comics saying this is the best person, pure meritocracy, and here's why. Yeah, and I, then the winners get a chance to perform at a live showcase. We did at Gotham comedy club, which also you can see on Amazon also part of the show. We did something called redemption section where people who really ate a plate of shit. We gave them each a minute on the live show in front of people to redeem themselves. And the crowd voted the applause who had the best redeeming set that night, right then and there. And then crazy. the person who won that got to do a set on the spot to, to redeem themselves. So, you know, that's 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 oh i like
0: i like this concept man that's really funny cool
2: greg let's get this on sony right now let's go (laughs) make some phone calls you can be my ep let's go
0: sending
1: texts subliminally through my phone
0: it's it's funny you said this though about the show like i was talking with another comic the other day and we bust each other's balls pretty much all the time like every day through text when we see each other like you know, it's all friendly and shit, but he's like, man, I feel like we should record this. And I was like, I was like, it's probably already out there, man. <laughs> yeah. And the interview, you but then, like, oh, If you oh, record yeah. it,
2: you could get canceled with some of the shit that you say on there later on. So ah, I don't yeah, know man, I'm pretty,
0: I'm pretty careful, but like I, it, it, it is, the ball busting is the best part. I enjoy it so much. Like right. so much. It's, it's also, yeah, I love it. I love it. I can't. You wait. gotta have
1: a thick ass skin, not only for, failing but also for what your friends are going to say to you afterwards
2: a hundred percent and i'll say yes and as much as i hate improv yes and <laughs> i've had people who didn't even get that bad of a scathing, that bad of a review comics of the thinnest skin don't let real people listening comics of the thinnest skin don't get it twisted they could sit there and dish it out eight ways till sunday but man they can't take it when it's the guns are turned on them I had one friend who talked to me and one of the panelists who were just general ball busting, and she got a hair up her ass. One person actually mm-hmm. tried contacting YouTube when it was on YouTube and saying, I want this yank. This violates the guidelines. So YouTube sends me an email saying, you have to take this down in three days to respond. why well, I go, well, I'll tell you what, YouTube, here's her fucking waiver that she applied to be on this show. So she knew damn good and well what she was getting into. Just because she got a bad review doesn't mean we're going to take this thing down. They go, you're good to go, sir. I said, that's right. And I wrote her a sternly worded email basically saying, go fuck yourself, I win.
1: It's funny. I was going to ask you that. Like, I've, you know, I watched a bunch. We had Mike Gaffney on, and I I watched right. um, a, a bunch which is how I I really became familiar with you is through research on Mike and then seeing the stuff he did and led me to you. And then obviously that led me down a rabbit hole of watching a bunch of the episodes. And I'm curious is to how many people after the fact like came to and, and complained.
2: No one has come to my face and complained. Every again, remember comics are mostly passive aggressive you know, they'll, they'll, they'll blow. Bull- I'll hear from the grapevine. Like, Oh, so-and-so thinks you're an asshole. I'll, go, I'll have them to come to my fucking face and say, it. <laughs> no one has come to my face. A few panelists said people have come up to me and go, Oh man, you were really hard on me. Or Hey man, you were really cool. Thanks a lot. So uh, that's actually, if you listen to God, five season, five or six, some of the panelists are like, yeah, we had people come up to us. Cause five or six, five, what was the, or no seven I take that back season seven was our all-star panel where I brought panelists back that the the fans loved the most and they were saying on on the air hey you know so some some people didn't like what we had to say fuck them here we are again kind of thing so yeah yeah, but no one's come up to me and said hey you're you're a piece of shit for what you guys did no it's no not 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 face to face
1: you is it is it moving forward
2: as of right now no only because i front the budget for everything so this is where you come in greg let's go to sony together (laughs) i i mean so amazon pays me for reviews that's how i make money from this but it's not a lot of money let's let's be honest otherwise i still would not be in corporate america for the love of christ but it's on hold until there's a budget then when there's a budget then i can go out and get all the top name comics i want like i want david tell i want chappelle i want rock i want fucking whomever you know so once i get the once i get a a stage you know i, I don't want to shoot it in my i mean i can shoot in my living room again but i'd rather shoot on a sound stage i'd rather have top performers and let's be honest i want to make some real fucking money guys that's why we're here stop yawning nick i keep seeing this <laughs> you know? there's nothing oh so, so, yeah yeah think, it's, it's, it's not thinning. done it's just it's, it's on pause until we get the, the budget for it
1: you think that the format could be you know, you, the five panelists or four panelists sitting in a room while the people are performing live and critiquing them on site?
2: No, because we can't. What? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you a yes and I'll give you a no to your answer. Here's your yes. The yes would be as if we're off into another room while we're watching their live feed doing it because you get the answer and why i say no you can't do it in the middle of the set we can't ball bust we can't just scream shit out like you see us doing the show because that interrupts our flow and that's a first of all it's a douche move don't ever talk during comic sets regular people you're not adding to the show you're not fucking funny shut up sit down listen to the comic on stage i'm off my soapbox so (laughs) only if it's a live stream I would prefer, I, so I could do the live stream, or I could do it where we watch the tape as we usually, we usually do it. But we can't do it as the comic is doing their act in the middle of their act. That will never work. Right,
1: got it. Because that—that's actually sort of what Last Comic Standing did the last two seasons. Right.
2: Yeah. That's not that, that, you can't. What
1: that. I liked about Last Comic Standing was the very first few seasons. That was all the comics living in a house than having all these challenges. Like it was the real world or some version of real world road rules. But with comedians, I thought that was the absolute best right. format for that show because it made it much more interesting than just watching people do a set and then having Roseanne Barr critique it. Right.
2: right. And right. also when we get the money, I have some other ideas where one of them is just, hey, we're going to have the, you know, some, some... What the hell is my... I should have brought my pitch Bible. I had other ideas besides, you know <laughs> not living in the house, but other things besides just straight... Yeah stand up judgment there there there's there's this there's a, a b and c storyline there to have as well but i just i just forgot what it was so That's yeah right. there are other things in the mix but yeah it, it, I, I i know this can work in fact I've, I've spoken to several networks and they said who do you have attached to it i go uh and i gave some names of friends you know john Fugelsen, chris disenfano they're like we know them they're good but they're not like whoa you've got Chris Rock, you've got David Tell, you've got whomever the fuck. You, we need we need someone that's make gonna make sure. Make sure you tell him you were on the Mangina
0: dialogues. I think that will give you a big boost.
2: They're gonna go. Oh yeah, the host with narcolepsy. I know that.
0: That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he lost but, all of his hair, and he can't he can't stay awake. Hey, listen, we had
1: Brian. Our episode this week is Brian Volkweiss from Comedy Dynamics. So we I don't need, know
2: who that is. Sorry.
1: Oh, you should look him up. He's he's the man.
2: He's He's a okay, guy. I will. It's comedy yeah. down here. He's a guy
1: you got to pitch to. Uh, yeah,
2: uh, yeah, you got to pitch to. Hundred percent. Well, hell, let's get a three-way email going then. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a three-way, <laughs> just us. three <laughs> kind of Four-way. Three. Excuse me, I didn't catch for shit.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, so listen, we we're coming kind of to the end, but what what should people look out for from you in the you know coming months? You know, I mean, obviously, live comedy is certainly not well. At least now it's a little bit. Um, but what should they be on the look for?
2: They should really focus right now on com- – on, on I was about to say comics watching comics – on uh, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. That's everything right now. Here's the thing with, with Gutting the Sacred Cow. It's evergreen. It's ne- there are hundreds of thousands of films, and there are tens of thousands that are sacred cows, as I gave the criteria before. We're never going to run out of material anytime soon, and if you're anywhere of a film fan – and you want to hear comedians talking about film and breaking it down with other comics who hate something and trying to defend why they hate it. This is the show for you. I promise you. There are films on there that are gonna make you go, fuck them. There's no way they could try and take that down. And I promise you, there are ways we have taken things down that are mm-hmm. that are infa- that are that you may think are infallible. There are other ones that are infallible, and we have stood our ground and and, and won the battle many a time. But in the means, I mean, I may do another season of fantasy football jibber-jabber. That depends on a few things. But right now, put all your eggs in one basket. Go with Gutting the Sacred Cow. And if you're in the listen, if you're in the stand-up comedy with the whole comics, bunch of comics, give that a look on Amazon Video. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. You can binge watch seasons 1 through 8. Each season's probably about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes long. So you can blow through that in a few days. But, yeah, guttingthesacredcow.com, that's where you can see everything every Monday through Friday. We have a new piece of, uh, you know, we write a new article every day. We have a theme. Like every Monday is our hashtag list of 10. We pick a theme, and we have 10 things of that theme. And what's today? We're taping today on a Wednesday. Today's movies that we've recently seen. Nothing new in the theater, but, you know, things that we've watched <laughs> on Amazon or Netflix, or whatever. Tomorrow's fr- Thursdays are movie news. Fridays, sequels that we want to see or sequels that we've never asked for. Bottom line, gutting the sacred cow, uh, GuttingTheSacredCow.com every single day has new information out there for you. You can find where our links are to listen or see us. And hell, since you're over there, why not go buy a shirt, a hat, a little bag, something that you can wear while you're on your staycation instead of vacation because really, who's going anywhere these days, unfortunately? Buy buy <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Vegas next month. I don't give a shit. I'm rolling the dice. Let's go, baby. We're going to give on the plane and in the casinos. Let's yeah. do it. Amen. But yeah, the guttingthesacredcattle the dot com. All social medias: Kevin Goatee.com, That's K e v i n G ecom dot com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, give those, give that a look. You guys have been awesome, man. Thanks for having me today. It's been awesome. Thanks for fun. hanging with us. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Right
1: and um, we'll talk about some business stuff.
2: Yeah, we'll do.
1: All right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Have the rest of your day.
2: We go take a nap. Cool. Great. So then I'll just, I'll just text you in the, uh, in, the uh, in the, yeah, DMs I'll text you that, then, right?
1: Yep, for cool. sure. Cool. All
2: right. All right, brother. Thanks, later. guys. Take care. See you later.